They dropped a Bridget on him. Oh, God. March 16, 2022. This is Rare Encounter. Encounter number 89. And skipping the foreplay and log jamming it in. I'm Abel Kirby. And awakening my masters. I'm Whamu. I mean, cold acid. You took a minute to wake up there. <laughs> Whamu? What the hell's Whamu? I'm sorry. Whamu, I mean, cold acid. What's that? Mr. Whamu. Is that like Shamu? Hold on. Hold on. You seriously don't know? You you did not recognize that that was a JoJo reference? No. I didn't watch JoJo, Doug. You should know that. You oh, read man. My, you should have. You've seen my anime Part list. Part two, battle tendency. <laughs> <laughs> Part two, battle tendency. And actually, you could read it as well. It is originally a manga. Mm. Uh, the three pillar men that Joseph Joestar has to face off against... There's Whamu, or Wham, there's ACDC, and there's Cars. Oh, yeah, I remember this gag. And yeah. Whamu, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Wham is, like, servant to the other two. And so after killing all the Nazis who are checking uh, him and the others who are asleep out, he, he does a pose, and then he says, Whamu! Awaken my masters as he touches them both in their stone forms and they come back to life. And then the three of them are posing. <laughs> and one of them said, it's all I can do. That's what Whamu said. That's what he was singing about cars. <laughs> I don't know. I was... No, he, he was singing. He was singing. He was singing. Wake me up before you go, go. <laughs> Jeez. That's, um. Something that is what, missing. Did you, did, did you not expect that? I mean, that was that was such a rimshot setup. Well, I don't have a rimshot. You have the rimshot. The that kind of stupid humor is currently currently missing in the uh, in the current anime offerings. I think. Unless uh, there's something I haven't seen yet. That's the kind of crap. He did that not I actually say "Wake me up before you go go." That was me making a joke. Yes, I know, but just the like Akira Toriyama would do stuff like that, where you just have a. <laughs> You know, a stupid name or a character named that. That's a dumb reference to something else. I miss that stuff. Dude, so many so many characters and later on stands are actually named after musicians and bands. Like one of the characters that's encountered in the first part and then re-encountered in the second part is Straits. And in the first part he had a partner, Dire. <laughs> Dire and Straits. Yeah, yeah uh... Uh, Enrico Pucci is in uh, is in part six. A guy named Enrico Pucci. Um, <clears throat> I've got to get into the JoJo, the big man. bad guy of part four. Part four. He's his stand is Killer Queen, and one of its attacks is called Bites the Dust. Oh man, that's great! It's like um... you totally need to get into JoJo. It is like. So balls off the wall crazy, and at the same time, so awesome. Yeah. Well, we have some stuff to get into today. We got a couple of uh, promised topics 
Uh, actually, before we start, we I got should... a lot of stuff to get into. Oh my god! I've got I've got some Ohio news I want to talk about. I got some we got some potato news to look forward to. We got uh, a couple other events. We got visual novel stuff and podcasts. But before we start, before we even get into executive producers, I want to I want you to all to come on a little meditation with me. <laughs> about this drink that I have. And this one has been sitting in my freezer. I'll tell you, it's a Bud Light Seltzer. And it's it was sitting, well, not quite in the freezer. It was in there for a bit, and then it was in the fridge for a while. As if Bud Light wasn't bad enough, it's also seltzer. Well, I've been thinking about it, you know, because I've seen this in my fridge every time I open it for, I don't know, it's been a couple weeks now. And every time I look at it, it's like it's looking back at me, like it's expecting something. And I, I've just been dealing with the fact that it's called Bud Light, but it has nothing to do with Bud Light. That's just the brand, right? It's seltzer. There's in, you know, as I started looking at this can, there's more and more strange things about it. Like the whole top is covered in dirt. Like the it's a it's an aluminum can, but the top just has dirt all over it. I don't know what that's about. And then it's actually expired. I went to flip over the can, and there's a bunch of dents all over it and everything. And on the bottom, it actually expired last summer. Right? And so it wasn't in my fridge that How the long. fuck does carbonated water expire? Well, I don't know. It has cane sugar in it, which I guess might help, but it doesn't, uh, I don't know. So I'm kind of rolling the dice on this one. I. It's been haunting my, it's been kind of like an Edgar <clears throat> Allan Poe. Okay, I understand. Yeah, now I understand Coca-Cola in the plastic bottles expiring. Because in that case, there can actually be outgassing through the plastic, but it's very slow. Mm -hmm. Through glass, not so much. This is aluminum. Right? This is aluminum. And I don't though. think through cans either. Hmm. Yes, I know, but it's like I don't think it. I don't think it can outgas through aluminum. Aluminum. Just through the plastic. Yeah. Usually. Aluminum. Aluminium. So I don't know. It doesn't taste particularly bad. I thought it would be aluminium. So we'll see what happens if I drop dead, or I don't know. We'll see. Oh, it does have. If an you aftertaste. turn into a mutant, it does have an aftertaste. Ooh, this is gonna be fun. All right. So I got that out of the way. What do you got? You got something healthier than this, I think. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy your. Enjoy your disease. <laughs> the COVID can. Yes, the COVID can. What do you have? Oh man, do what don't I have? Uh, I want to start off with, uh, with some tech news, actually. Okay. So, first thing, I, first thing I'm bringing up is, this is actually from a month ago, uh, an article that I came across today, but it was published last month, and it's about, uh, who can, who can actually have copyright protection for things. Now, we already know that monkeys aren't allowed to hold copyright, mm -hmm. as that whole as that whole picture thing uh, before with the monkey selfie showed us. Yep. But now the U.S. Copyright Office has determined that artificial intelligence can't hold copyright either. So AI produced uh, uh, works of art or other creative endeavors are not copyrightable. So how smart does Not they, even by the person who created the AI. How smart does the AI have to be before and and also the definition of what is smart and what is not smart is something that's never been clear. Uh is there a threshold given or advice given or is it just I don't a, it has nothing to do with it has nothing to do with being smart. 
So I mean, I mean, they're complete idiots who are able to get copyright on things. What it comes down to is human authorship is a prerequisite to copyright protection. So if it's not made, at least in part, by a human directly, it cannot be copyrighted. So Brian Eno's discrete music is what's coming to mind. That was an experimental recording session where he uh, had a bunch of different circuits that would feed back on each other in a way that was chaotic. So it was hard to predict what was really going to happen. Uh, and so you can say that the way that the sound got processed wasn't... Uh, directly uh, designed by anyone in particular. It was just they set it up in a certain way and then something happened. You can think of that as a kind of a yes, chaotic but that, process. That, but act of, <clears throat> that, act of setting, that act of setting it up and turning it on is the human authorship so in how, that case. How is the guy who designed... Just, just, putting, just, putting together, just putting together an AI, handing a model of data to it and saying... Hey, create me a picture does not count. But wait a minute. Optimization algorithms count. So if I use an optimization algorithm um, to create art, does that preclude me from copywriting it? No, because you're still designing the art. Okay, but what if my optimization algorithm opti optimized a set of weights for a machine, a so-called machine learning system, which is actually just a bunch of weighted optimization, a bunch of weights that were optimized? Then I think you might have a problem. Hmm. Anyway, here's here's what here's what it says. Uh, let me actually pop open the uh, PDF from the Copyright Review Board and find the actual statement. There's a bit of it in the article where it said, "Copyright law only protects the fruits of intellectual labor that are founded in the creative powers of the mind." So. Again, if I created a system where I didn't intentionally design it to do a certain thing, but it just so happened that I did a certain thing, that wasn't the creative powers in my mind at work. That was chance. And so Brian Eno's discrete music should not be copyrightable by that argument. Is that I, what I'm saying? <clears throat> I know I'm being a stick in the mud, but that's what we do on the show. You are being a stick in the mud, but that's what that's what it came down to. And. Uh... I believe that Eno got a got a copyright for his uh, for his works, but this completely this completely AI created uh, artwork, a recent entrance to paradise, apparently does not does not get coverage because it was not cr founded in the creative powers of the human mind, the way that taking a bunch of circuits and hooking them together, even if in a more or less random way would be that use of creative powers of the human mind. Hmm. As Serpent says, yeah, you can you can uh, you can copy you could copyright the AI and the AI model that generates this, but not the but not the creations of that system itself. I, I want to just take a step back and say I don't think uh, you can patent an algorithm. And patenting and copyright in the, are not in the, the United thing. States. In the United States, you can patent an algorithm. Unfortunately, the rest of the world is far more sane about this and says no, algorithms are not patentable because they're essentially an expression of a mathematical function, and they're and because math is not patentable, neither can any algorithms. I, I think they're trademarkable in the U.S. I don't know. We we don't need to get into the specifics here. I I thought I had a good 
handle on some of that stuff. But um, so what's the fallout from this? Are there a lot of people creating uh, AI, so-called AI, um, so-called art that are being uh, scanned? The, the fallout. Creating? The fallout is those. Uh, when those like AI generated cats that are just created are just created from like a model on their own are not copyrightable. When I go to that site that lets you like draw the outline of something and it turns that into a cat, that is copyrightable by me because I provided that guidance with the with the outline that I drew, right, for it to fill in. Mm, so and therefore, the resulting work is is copyrightable by me. Okay, interesting. Let's see where this goes. I want to see it. Uh, is if this is really a discussion of what's art and what's not, or if it's going to turn into a discussion of uh, I'm talking about the overall, not not on the show now, but like if uh, over the next couple of years, what happens with this? If it, it is could... definitely going to, it is definitely going to raise some more uh, cases in the future. I bet. Because there are going to be people who... I would not be surprised if somebody takes this and decides to go to court to appeal the decision of the Copyright Office Review Board. Yeah, it seems a little sketchy and uh, like, like what you don't want I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's sketchy so much as this still leaves a huge gray area that needs to be... that needs to be resolved by on a case by case basis as they come up and you know narrow things down to where is that line between ai generated and uh created with the you founded in the creative powers of the human mind right is the question you know that that's that's how that's how things work in the common law we we have a decision we have what seems to be that se what seems to be like how reality should be that may be different from that decision of some executive body and then it's or the legislative body and then it's up to the courts to weigh the two and find the middle ground hmm. and so this is just with copyright the copyright office then yes okay just checking so i can still have an a so-called ai generate a company name and a logo and mash them up and then I can still file a trademark with that is what I'm here. Trademark something completely different. Or uh, I could still have an AI work on it since it seems like I can patent an algorithm if I can have an AI that generates uh, an algorithm that does a certain process I could still patent that it seems like. Hmm interesting. All right that's my last that's my last bit on it. Yeah we'll we'll see where this goes. All right. Pokemon so my holes. next bit my next bit of tech news comes from this site called Design Boom, which, after looking at it, I don't like this website, and I'll talk about that a bit later. It has to do with the it has to do with the style of the site. Mm -hmm. But anyway, there now there's a company in Japan called Srendix, and it is 3D printing houses. They're not that big, and they look kind of weird. They look like a like a teardrop with the with the top and bottom flattened out. They look like a spaceship and from Dragon Ball. That's <laughs> they do. Okay, yes, they do look like that. And, and I mean, given that it's Japan, that could actually be the inspiration, <laughs> right? But anyway, they're they're three D printing houses, uh, and a single one 
takes less than 24 hours to produce. Now, what I think about that is it's, it's great that they're able to produce houses, even if they're small, in that quick a time. But on the other hand, it's not going to put any sort of dent into all the exploding market prices for homes. No. Meanwhile, it looks like they built this home in the middle of a parking lot, which is not ideal. Actually, it looks like it's it looks like it's just on a concrete pad in some sort of industrial or agricultural facility. In the article, there is also a picture of some dude hugging it. I love you, host. I like the uh, the photo op at the bottom. It's this composite photo of the house out in the woods, and there's a guy who looks straight out of Deus Ex, uh, standing with his hands in his pockets. Way at the bottom, it's the last thing be uh, be at the end of the article. That's my favorite picture. Oh, the one where it's in the woods? He looks yeah. like fucking J.C. Denton, you know what I mean? I'll take the Gep gun. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> Why try to contain it? Let's see. I can't remember any other good lines for that. I know there's more. Yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. And... Whoa, look at this slideshow at the bottom. This is great. Look, yeah. They, it's the, the house printed on a mountaintop. Now, I thought when they built the condos in the uh, in the scenic view, that was annoying. I think this is going to be worse. <laughs> now, the one, the, the, the one big problem with this is look how much of it is window or glass door, right? You've got no privacy in there. You want to you want to have a wink. You better have like you better have like full uh, full ass like blackout curtains on everything. Yeah, Billy Joel comes by, you know, it's, hey, you having a wank in there? That's what Billy and then he'd throw, throw a brick at you. Because that's, yeah. that's what he did on the album cover. Get it, huh? Uh... I had to explain the joke. That was bad. <laughs> that was the beginning. You anyway. Know oh, sorry. Okay. Now, can you guess why I don't like the design of this website? Um, because the whole right side is a banner that follows you. No. In oh. fact, with the... Uh, with the with the size of the window that I'm looking at it in, I don't even have that sidebar. Hmm. Interesting. Um, no, it looks I'll give like you a hint. It has something to do with typography. Uh, the yellow highlights they put on everything? Is that it? No. No, that's not it. Well, now, I'm, now I have to look at the font. I mean, you what's want that? A, you, want another, you want another hint? Case. Oh, the title is all lowercase, like, uh, like it's fucking Planet Fitness or something. The yeah. article title is all lowercase except for the D in 3D. Yeah. The the body of it is again all lowercase except for the D in 3D and USD for uh, for the currency. But the uh, the headers or the subheaders of the article are all all caps. This is a style that they've chosen. Yes, and I hate it. It's like you, there's not a lot of logos that just have all lowercase. There's like Android and Adidas and Planet Fitness. I guess Facebook has one. Um, but I mean, well, it's couple, one thing it's... where it's one thing where like the uh, where like the logo is all lowercase. But when they're when they're doing this like article typography where like where like proper names are all lowercase, right? Like. Japanese is supposed to be with a capital J, right? For example, uh, you start sentences with capital letters, but this site doesn't. 
Yeah, just, and it just, you know, it, it's it's fucking triggering me, honestly. It's like, this is not how you use the alphabet when you are writing English. This is bad. This is wrong. This is setting off all the alarms that have been programmed into me in, like, grade two English class. So don't let cold acid see one of those uh, punk zines from the 80s where all the typography was fucked up for FUD. <laughs> Yeah, there's your rage for the day. Man. Yeah, I understand that. Stop, man! <laughs> for, does, it is annoying, though, for something like... I guess it's called design boom, not style boom, you know? Actually, yeah. hold on. Some of these headings are all caps, so they just arbitrarily make some things lowercase and some things uppercase. Yeah, it's... Their, their, <laughs> desi their design is that the... Is that... Except for, except for like, certain... Uh, acronyms and the D in 3D, the body is all lowercase. There's no, there's no leading capital for sentences. Uh, proper, proper nouns are not capitalized. But, uh, but then the the headers are all caps. Yep. Right, and you know, it's yeah, pet peeve of the day. This is this is just this is just bad design. And they probably paid some fucker like sixty thousand dollars to come up with this shit, and they they should take that sixty thousand dollars back and hire somebody who isn't some pretentious postmodern fuckhead. Well, on uh, speaking of, you mentioned the the D in three D was large, and that got me thinking about three D things. I wanted to point out uh, if we have a little change of topic here. That uh, scan of the month is updated for the scan of this month. And this month, um, I think we got a miss uh, miss idea again because at one point I had the uh, the scan preview, and it, the scan previews that I'm getting are never related to what actually comes out. It's very disturbing because what we have now food is food packaging. Food packaging. We have the Heinz tomato ketchup bottle, which is a how know, did scan of the month start? Yeah, this is totally different from then what it used to be. They have they have the social icons there. They have a about us page now instead of just like everything being down the one page. Mhm. Mm and so they call themselves a group of technologists who believe in computerized tomography. Um which I take offense to because I think the the actual abbreviation CT stands for computed tomography, or at least that's what I learned in uh, in uh, tomography class. So I don't know what computerized tomography came from. Maybe they mean digital holography, which is another subset of that. But I don't know. And and they still don't say who they who's actually running this. No, they don't. Unfortunately, they're just a group of. Well, actually, they have a privacy policy, and it has no. It's just saying scanofthemonth.com. Yep. So I haven't gone through this whole new section. I'm going to do it with a fine-tooth comb and look at the source of the web page. But I think I'm going to find the same um, same information that I, we already had, which was they use a mail forwarding service and they're registered with domain privacy. And uh, just every once in a while, you get the name of some journalist who's associated with them, but you can never find out who's doing the scans. Who's behind the scans is the real, the real question here. And uh, that's what I'd like to have answered. I do notice something. So this, on scanofthemonth.com slash about, there's a little clue where you see a, um, it says stay tuned, and they have a photo 
of what looks like an, a cordless uh, screwdriver uh, or a cordless drill, some people call it, with on a what looks like a regular computer screen, and they have a normal-looking X-ray. That is to say, it doesn't have all the fancy colors, and and the picture there looks exactly like what a CT scan really looks like. And the room they're in, I think, is the same as that marketing group that I came up with uh, for uh, my behind the scans. Now I'm I'm completely lost on what that was called. Now the uh, I think it was on Rare Encounter seventy six. Was that it? Who's behind the scans? Yeah, we come back to it like every month. Actually, yeah. this is this is like a regular thing now. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh it's fun. You can click through and you can see the cross sections of Heinz ketchup bottles. Um, they have eighteen scans planned up till April twenty twenty three. So we don't know uh, what happens after the eighteenth drop, but we'll sure be uh, staying tuned. Wow, there's eighteen. The eighteenth scan is on April twenty twenty three. Very interesting. Now we have a roadmap. Excellent. Yeah. So more well, that we can use to track them by. You can go. Check I out. love roadmaps. <laughs> so we can look at you know. I think if we zoom in, we can see the uh, the stamp. This fifty-seven, the one that's tattooed on John Kerry's wife's butt, uh, <laughs> and also on her license plate. Hey, you know, if we're talking about Heinz ketchup, we should tell the story of the uh, the fire hydrant in Boston. I don't think that's well known. In the uh -oh. 90s, um, for people who don't know, in Massachusetts, uh, John Kerry has a um, condo in a very swanky neighborhood of the Back Bay. And I, it's, I think it's Lewisburg Square. <laughs> Jeez, God, do I know this off the top of my head? And the thing to do, because even though he's a senator and he doesn't really hang out there all the time... Um, you have to have residency. And so like when JFK was in Massachusetts uh, as a senator, he had an apartment <laughs> where it was just an apartment and no one was really sure if he was in it the whole time. And so it's a standard thing um, to basically hold uh, property that you don't live in if you're the, the senator from Massachusetts. So he has a, an apartment that he, as far as I know, never really lived in since the 90s uh, that they own. It, it, it's worth millions and millions of dollars. It's a, a, I said apartment. It's actually a condo. And the thing that people had fun doing is Teresa Hines Carey, his wife, would park her car with the Hines 57 license plate. Uh, and f right in front of the door of it because it was convenient. But the problem was there used to be a fire hydrant right in front of the door. And as you know, you can't block a fire hydrant when you park. So it's an illegal oh, yeah, parking you told, you told You told me about this before. Yeah, so I'm repeating myself, so I'll, I'll wrap it up. The bottom line is the fun thing to do is take pictures of the car, of our car illegally parked and run them in the newspaper and question the local fire department. Like, how come she gets away with it? But if I park there, I get a ticket. And the, the solution was that uh, John Kerry's um, used his inherited money to pay for the expense of moving the fire hydrant from in front of the condo to right around the corner. And uh, then they could park in front. And it was like the uh, they said, well, well, we covered the cost. OK, yeah, but you could only get away with doing that if you're rich and famous. You know, no one else could yeah. get away with that. So that's one of these. Uh, the rich get, you know, the rich get to get away with whatever they want. They get the special treatment. Looks like Cotton Gin know. took a picture of it. Yeah, Cotton Gin. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. We talked about it on the show once, and he actually went there <laughs> and looked around. Now that photo isn't his apartment. I think the the apartment John Kerry has is to the left of the photo. It's at the end of the row. Um, and it has a big American but that's, flag on But it. that's the fire hydrant where it's been moved to. Nope, the fire hydrant that got moved nope. is around the corner. 
Um, oh, okay. I, I know these things. The f <laughs> the fire hydrant is around the corner uh, to the left. So nice. <laughs> yes. Uh, so there's your John Kerry Heinz fifty seven story tie. How do we get? A oh yeah, ketchup bottles. That's how we got there. Yeah, ketchup bottles. Now before we get into the potato news and our other stories, let's talk podcasts. Yeah, let's talk some podcasts. Uh, you want to kick it off? I got my rundown, but you. Can yeah, kick it I off. do want. I do want to kick it off, and I'm going to kick it off with a clip. An anime <laughs> porn. What is anime? What I mean is that really <sighs> anime? <laughs> anime. <sighs> yeah, yeah. That was from that was from the first donation segment of the Sunday episode of No Agenda. And so uh, somebody somebody was writing somebody was writing in about. Uh, about the uh, federated view in Mastodon and how it's a fire hose. What is it a fire hose of, Adam Curry? A hose of diarrhea. <laughs> God. I mean, I clicked, so I clicked the federated tab. You know what the top thing I see is? Anime porn. <laughs> it's an anime porn. And you, John C. Dvorak had a reaction to that. He was just, is there anything yeah. worse? No, no, this is what he said. Oh, Can you find anything lower? Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's fun. So, uh, obviously, someone heard that, and uh, th you didn't clip that yourself, did you? I heard I heard it, and I yes, I did clip this myself. Okay, I just want to make sure that... I was like, I, I heard it, and, like, somebody somebody mentioned it to me, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm already bringing this to Rare Encounter, <laughs> because it was so hilarious, and... You know what? You know what else besides all the hentai is uh, is on the uh, is on the federated uh, feed. There's a lot of a lot of uh, Asian porn, though. Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. There yeah, so I got I got a few others that are probably going to go into the go into the regular cycle. Anime porn. <laughs> Adam's like laughing as he's saying anime porn, and also, of course, <sighs> anime. Just, you can you can hear him face palming with that. It was wonderful. Yeah. Well, we make no uh, we have no pretensions about this. It's uh, it's uh, it's funny because it's bad. I it's, like. I mean, it's, I mean, it's terrible, and that's what makes it so great. I think I think anime is terrible. So you know that's my opinion on it. And that's terrible. <laughs> Jeez. Oh God! There, holy shit! I just clicked on something I should have clicked on. Wait a minute! I'm gonna get rid of that. <laughs> what? Okay. Oh moving my! On. Moving on. Now so, I want to see what it was. Now you don't. Uh, <laughs> God! Wait a minute. And if you saw ET as a kid, you don't want to see this picture. <laughs> oh God! Okay, I'll, I I stand warned. Well, on other podcasts, we had a couple things. We had uh, Hog Story had their episode 273 cow lamp and they had some hiccups didn't they on if uh, was it on monday and tuesday and tuesday they they ended up having well as as you want to look at it it could have been two episodes or it could have been one episode with each person recorded separately and then brought together afterwards hmm interesting hmm and uh we also had behind the schemes they had their episode 88 once again, I use the word bedrock, and uh, it's a show. It's always kicking off. I like the. I I learned something about how the the middle of the show is produced. What do they call it? The the break in the middle, the intermission, and I won't. The intermission, it. yes. The 
I the donation breaks. I won't reveal it because it it almost took some of the magic out of it. I th I thought something was going on there, and I I think they should keep it a mystery as long as they can. I'm in favor of having little production mysteries. So the uh, there's some wild stuff that pops up in the middle of the intermission, and uh, I just want to give Boobery and Lavage credit for that. Uh, lavish. It's always a lot of fun, and they shouldn't tell anyone how it's produced. That's my. Could be lavash. Could be lavash. You know, uh, lavish is basically short for Leviticus. Is it now? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Just making shit up now. Uh, bowl after bowl, episode 145 had my first thought of naked. And I was listening to that on uh, the way to work and on the way back from work today. So I didn't get all the way through because my drive is long, but it's not that long. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I like listening to that. And it reminds me every time I hear that that I need to plug a bunch of other things. Uh, of course, we have the uh, Bitcoin block party, uh, which I, I suppose could be a little bit of a meetup in Kansas City, and that's coming up in the later part of April. It's actually on Sunday, April 24, and so I'll be in Kansas City, Missouri for that uh, with a table uh, with uh, Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. I'm going to have some... Are you going to be Are you going to be like uh, selling signed copies of... Uh of the album? No. You could also you could also sell burned copies of Painter Story if if we, we get it complete on time. We we were talking about that. We think that making a physical copy of this defeats the uh, at least at this time kind of defeats the the thesis of it because okay. what we want is to collect royalties automatically and distribute them automatically without any other thing involved and as soon as we started taking um, a transaction for us to a single wallet, we'd have to go and divvy everything up again. And so, well, I was thinking like you just buy a bunch of playing uh, blank, blank CDs or DVDs, and you just uh, you just charge for the burned medium. What and I'm... the actual the actual the actual product would still be paid for the usual way. What I will have is some excess. Although, so... thinking about it, that wouldn't that wouldn't exactly work for. For the album, would it? It I could can, work for the game. I'm just gonna have a stack of blank CDs, and I'll I'll give it to us. Hey, yeah, you can download the album, burn it yourself, dog. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. What I will have is some equipment for sale. So I have a bunch of excess audio hardware from various different projects and stuff I don't use anymore. And so I'm going to have some pro kind of rack mount gear for sale. I'm going to get some cool, some uh, good, but not too good prices on it. I don't want it to be stolen from me, you know, and I'll have a, a couple different things you can buy. I'll probably have some multi-channel compressors that might be good and um, might have some microphones. I'm trying to make a list of what I'm going to part with here. We'll also have some, Flyers for Podcasting 2.0 enabled podcasts. Uh, Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean are doing a banner. I'm also going to do separately a couple different print projects uh, that are going to mash up some logos from different podcasts. Uh, so if you have a Podcasting 2.0 podcast, uh, you can send your show logo to me and at uh, able at ablekirby.com will work. You can also boost it to us or you can. Uh, also, CC uh, Sir Spencer, and you'll have to get his email from his uh, website because I can't remember off the top I of my head. I just realized we have a podcasting 2.0 enabled podcast. So I've been looking at if I can print uh, coasters, like bar coasters, because that's what I think the 
they have the one by one aspect ratio that, you know, that's the same as podcast art. And so they fit on that better than, you know, uh, a letter size page. And they fit on that better than, like, if we did a big banner, well, okay, that is that's actually fine. a really cool idea. So you I was, have, like, you have, like, the logo or recent cover art on one side, and you have, like, the URL and QR code for the website and another one for for boosting on the other side. Yeah, so it's going to be, I have the source art for our, you know, our episode uh, uh, show art. And so I want to, I need to add the website. And, and I got inspired back when I was in Colorado, there was a, there was an event that came to town once in a while. And it was, I can't remember the name of the convention, but it was, they had these coasters that they just dropped off at all the bars in Boulder and all the bars around Denver. It, they literally just printed them. They go to bars and they give them to them. They just leave them on the bar. And so you'd find them everywhere. And it was like, come down, get tattooed for free, watch live human suspension. And they had all this crazy shit that was going to happen. And that's what, that was their advertisement. Their guerrilla marketing team was just dropping these everywhere. The bars didn't that's care because fucking brilliant. they get their coasters from like Miller, you know, from their alcohol distributor, you know, whoever supplies the beer to the bar. They get all the freebies from Miller and uh, uh, Budweiser and all these other things. So they don't give a shit. They, those coasters are paid for by someone else anyway. So they'll take your coasters as long as they, yeah. you're not sketch about it. So that was my idea was get some of those printed with the show art on it and with the URL and some shit. Maybe a QR code yeah, on we it. Don't, we don't need sketchy coasters. Our show's sketch enough. So uh, that's my, that's my uh, long... I've been thinking about this for about two years, actually, since about we started the show, but I haven't told you yet until now. So that'll be going on. Uh, there, there have been some, there have been some hints now and then on Ablecraft and when, and any other time you and uh, Sir Spencer have been talking in public. Oh, it's dangerous when we get talking in public. A lot of the stuff that happens on Ablecraft is spur of the moment. Like we don't play that show. <laughs> so it's like, Hey, we decided something. Okay. It's decided right on air. So you can listen to Ablecraft, too, if you want to get some of the background. I, I never plugged that show, but uh, it's uh, we don't even have a URL, dog. I used to, you, by the you, way. I thought, yeah, that's right. You don't. You have, there's a album website, but there's no Ablecraft show website. I used to own, this is bad. I'm going to admit something. I used to own Ablecraft.com and .net and .org. Uh, and then I let them expire because I owned them years before Ablecraft existed. And someone else, when they expired, uh, Squatter picked them up, so I can't get them anymore. Oh! Yeah. So, there you go. Shame, I know. Shameful. Shame. Yeah. For shame! I, when we picked the name... Son of a bitch! When we picked the name, I thought I still had them. I didn't realize it expires. <laughs> oops. Oh, oops. Well, there's the podcast <laughs> wrap-up. Oh, no! Yeah, that's me. That's the podcast wrap-up. Um... Did we miss anyone? I feel like we missed Angry Tech News. Do they have... I was waiting. I was waiting. I, I checked all day yesterday because yesterday was Tuesday for a new episode, and I never saw one. Yeah. Well, you know, I always enjoy it when it comes out. If it's out tomorrow, I'll listen to it in the shower, which is what I usually do. Yeah, it's just that... It's just that uh, Bemrose needs to remember what day of the week it is. Hmm. Do we have a uh, a little uh, executive producer segment to do? Oh yeah, we never mentioned our executive producer for today. And that was none other than the wonderful Carolyn Blaney who uh, who boosted us before the show, right? 
with 1,333 sats. Yeah! And the message, you are on the road with me. Who wants shotgun? Looking forward to rare encounter. Break a leg. Love you. That's right. And Carblane's posted right right before we started the show. She said she was taking us in the car. So I think we should help her drive a little bit. You know, like, uh, I don't know. It's it, it could be that she's not sure which way to turn. You know, she could be at one of these T intersections and maybe the navigation's giving her trouble. Which way do you think she should turn? All the way to the left and then all the way to the right. Okay. And then when you're over there, I want you to press the gas pedal and just hold it down a little bit, but not too hard. And then right now you keep can the, let go. Keep the wheel turned all the way to the right when you're hitting the gas pedal. Okay, now turn to the left. There's something in front of you. Turn to the left. Ah! That's good. <laughs> yes, Serpent. I guess I'm doing a GPS voice. You know, I looked into doing a GPS um, actual sound pack before. I was trying to get one together. I think it was a Nick the Rat one. And did I tell you about this, Cole? No, but I am definitely interested in the idea of having Nick the Rat tell me where to where to go. It's very difficult to publish one. You either have to already have an inside deal with one of these uh, companies, or some of these apps have a have kind of a way that you can record your own voice. Uh, saying turn left or turn right, but they don't have a great way to, you know, get a package online and load it in. And I'm not sure if it's for liability reasons or obviously it has to be because everyone wants to have their friends make a navigation sound pack for them. But when I went through all of the different navigation apps, there really wasn't a good solution for any of them, even the open source ones. You'd have to, you know... Okay, even the open source ones? Okay, that that blows. I would expect the open source ones at least would allow you to create and use your own sound packs. You can ultimately if you'd put in all the legwork, but it's not doing that right now. So that was about two years ago when I looked at it. Well, time to look again then, I guess. Yeah, let's look at a sound. That'll be the next thing. We'll get get some lightning-enabled GPS, and if you want the next direction, you got to pay a couple sets. Now, now here's an, here's something. Cotton Gin said that he would pay for some no agenda and NA adjacent show GPS voices. Now, I can just imagine I can just imagine that, like Adam giving you like directions normally, and then when like it's something like when you've got to do like a U turn because you've gone down the way that it doesn't want you to go, then it's like JCD like. Oh, why don't you make a U-turn here? This is a scam. That's what he's he'll say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This isn't oh, good. Brother. This isn't good. He just ridicule you the whole time. Yeah, exactly. That'd be fun. I, I would pay for that for sure. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, maybe it's worth a revisit. I could do one. Oh, no, you Serpent do one. Serpent imagines Sir Bemrose giving you directions, but I think he'd be better off like uh Giving you, like, uh, automated weather reports. Like, it's sunny, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. Hey, yeah, exit. Yeah. Cotton Gin says that's an exit strategy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an, it's an exit and an off-ramp strategy. Oh, God. So thanks to Carblanes for being our executive producer today. Uh, we also take boosts during the show, and if you send them in, I think we have helipad active, don't we, Cold? 
We do, but once again, helipad is not making sounds on my end. Uh-oh. So, uh, we will still get your boosts, and they'll be read at the end of the show. The only way to get a boost at the end of the show is to boost during the show. It's a reserved little spot. So get those in, get your comments in, and we'll read them uh, at the end here. Yeah, um, and at some point, I have to figure out how to how to change helipad so that whenever somebody sends in a boost, instead of that normal sound, we hear... Yeah, I completely dropped my uh, audio rebuild for that, even though it was all JavaScript. Aww. But you know the idea. That would have been so great, though. You you know the idea. We won't, we won't talk about it here. We'll bring yeah. it up some other day. I don't think anyone else is. We're not in danger of someone scooping us on that idea. I think it's too ridiculous. So. Yeah, it, it too ridiculous and too much work for the payoffs. <laughs> oh man, I, I'm still gonna make all those clips that we need for it. So. Interesting. Excellent. Maybe we'll, we'll get the queue system set up one day. All right. Well, we got some, uh, we got some Ohio we news. Got some, I got some potato news. I got, got some other. Yeah, we got, we got, yeah. What we need is a few good taters. It's potato news on Rare Encounter. Potatoes. And How about we start off with the potato news that isn't? This is the scandal of the week. And this is also the most requested potato story. Uh, we got two different people. It was AJ and was it Dreb Scott? It was AJ and was it Dreb Scott? I think it might have uh, been. Let me just we, we let got... me double check. It was, uh, I have it here somewhere. Oh, no, it was, uh, I'll, I'm going to. Derb. Dur it was Derb. <laughs> it was Derb. Derb of the Swamplands. Oh, I misread that as Dreb, I guess. The, this story... Big difference. This story uh, is about the potato that wasn't. This is about Doug the Spud, who is in the running to be the Guinness World Records holder uh, largest potato. And over the last couple months, they've been analyzing the DNA of this, of Doug, Doug the Spud. And unfortunately, the uh, the scandal is that Doug is, they turns out, is not a spud at all. Yeah, they they thought this, this was supposed to be a record-breaking <laughs> potato. They thought they smashed it, but they didn't even mash it. How sad. So this is a clip from this morning on ITV, uh, and they're doing a remote to New Zealand. So I cut out all the, all the satellite delays, but let's listen to what they have to say. This is the grower of Doug the Spud reacting to the uh, the news. It was a bit of a deflation oh. to find out that, you know, he wasn't a potato. But, <laughs> hey, as you walk along through life, these sandwiches, are, someone tucks them in your lunchbox. Sorry about that, but um, so Doug the Gourd has had uh, quite the rise to stardom. Do you think he's enjoyed all the attention? Oh, he's loved every minute of it. It's taken two months to get the 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 result, and he's still there. Um, how how long does a gourd last? Yeah, well, he's not a gourd. Uh, he's a tuber that's grown on the roots of a gourd plant. Oh. Right, right. And how does it last? As long as he wants to, because I'm keeping him in the deep freeze. <laughs> that is the story of Doug the Spud. The the not spud. Doug, the the gourd, who is also not a gourd. He's a tuber grown on the roots of a gourd, which is different from a gourd. <laughs> wow. He, so, well, tra trans vegetable. 
trans vegetable. So this is a, um, you can see in the photo, you can see the grower of Doug sitting next to the, uh, the spinning wheel. But Doug is wearing sunglasses, which is cool to start. Doug is also actually cool because, as you just heard him say, Doug is from the deep freeze. <laughs> Uh, so you yeah. can see the ice formation. He's sitting in a blanket because it's uh, he's presumably melting. <laughs> and so this poor guy's gonna have. It's not even the world's biggest potato. It's uh, it's just a, it's just a misidentified gourd tuber. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's very interesting, and I liked his his. Um, he had a little saying that he put in there. It's just like, well, people sometimes people just slip their sandwiches in your picnic basket, and you have to deal with it. I've never heard that before. Maybe that's a saying in New Zealand, but it's a new one to me. So they they say some weird things in New Zealand. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, what do you expect from a place that doesn't actually exist? <laughs> An island uh, in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> Oceana. Um, so there was the not potato news. That's the potato scandal. Uh, we also have some brewing, some more serious potato news. I wanted to give a I've little. I've got another. I've got another potato story as well besides that more serious story uh, do yours yeah guess what's back at taco bell nacho fries the nacho is it a nacho or a fry no one knows yes <laughs> catch that food dong where's the where's nobody the knows except for the people at at taco bell and even they probably don't know but it is a potato product but yeah apparently it is. It is a potato product. So it must be it must be potato of some sort. They actually they actually look like home fries covered in nacho dust. Yeah, you know, that's about right. Yeah, and you and you dip them in the you dip them in that like disgusting cheese sauce that uh, Taco Bell has. Yeah. The yellow cheese. It's not cheese. It just looks like cheese. A cheese product. You put it on your taco. This it's like sawdust. it's like melted Velveeta or something. Ah, uh, Velveeta. Well, there's our I guess our plug. You know, this is in the food now. Bowl after bowl was going hard in some of the uh, the food sovereignty stuff lately, and I was just thinking about that. The on ramp to getting red pilled about food sovereignty is. I was thinking about McDonald's and this, like the the most basic observation that you can get is, uh, you know, I was just imagining like two people talking. This is this is a little uh, little uh, theater of the mind where one of them goes, uh, "Yeah, did you ever notice that McDonald's brings the McRib back only when pork prices are rock bottom? It's like they only want to feed you crap and scraps that that they can get for dirt cheap." And the other guy looks at him and says, "Well, yeah, I'm glad I get my real food at a supermarket. You know, it's a." Uh, and the joke is, of course, that uh, not everything at the supermarket is real food anyway, too. So it's not. Yeah, there's joke, enough. You know? There's enough. Uh, there's enough prepared and frozen crap there that uh, people end up buying and and sticking in the microwave. I've been having a, a hard time picking out my Deans, my sardines, man. Your Deans? My oh, deans. sardines. I used to get um, in Maryland. I would get. Well, you get the sardines, obviously, and you can put those on crackers. And you can also get. My favorite thing that you can get out of, like, the canned fish aisle is these smoked oysters that are in, I think they were in oil, but then they had a hot pepper packaged in right with them. So it was, like, six or eight oysters, and then they had a big hot pepper right in the middle, and they were great. And I used to get now, those I, the I'm, I'm no fan uh, of uh, of the shellfish, to be honest. I love it. 
the idea the idea of like oysters and clams and all that just uh well they don't I, ha- they don't have them in ohio even though they're canned and they last forever they've got tuna yeah now know. that that is that is weird i mean i'm able to find like sardines by the bucket full here well not really by the bucket full but like crates of tins yeah, of them well we get the deans and the anchovies it's just the oysters those smoked smoky oysters is what i want they don't have them it's kind of annoying you gotta go back to the coast then i you guess gotta go back you know that's why you had them in the cans so you don't have to go to the coast but ah well there's yeah. Co- cotton it. gin wants you back in new england he misses you i'll tell you what i will go hard on is i go i get those expensive crackers man when i go to the store uh, I, if I get my Dion beans, crackers, I get, I don't, I look at a box of crackers. It's like a $7 box. Of, yeah, that's my shit. I don't give a, I don't care. I just buy the most expensive crackers. You know, it doesn't matter. Cars are, Fuck, I, I just, cars I are, just get like the, I just get like the store brand crackers, uh, for regular crackers. And I do enjoy my Ritz for like the snack crackers, but I'm not going for pricey shit. I'm going for the most premium, like, cocktail crackers that you can get. Like, I start at Cars. People think Cars, water crackers, they think those are expensive. That's where I start. That's the low end that I go up from there. There's my cracker hey, big story, big spender. Man. Yeah. And the, the Cars water crackers are pretty good. They're just the right diameter to fit in your mouth sideways. In my mouth, anyway. So if you, mm. if, <laughs> if, if anyone's wondering how big my mouth is, that's how big. Get a Cars water cracker. <laughs> It's just the perfect oh size. Oh my! <laughs> well, because look, if you put the deans um, on the cracker, phrasing. you put the deans on the cracker. You want to put the whole thing in. You don't want to have half a cracker because it crumbles. <laughs> I'm telling you. Look, I'm, a, I'm an expert. <laughs> if you put the oysters on the cracker, you don't want to take two you, bites. You're a cracker expert. <laughs> I am. I am. Don't eat crackers and bad people. That's what losers do. <laughs> All right, where the, what oh the hell God. were we talking about? <laughs> we were we were talking we were talking about nacho dust covered French fries. God. Oh, we talked about potato news. What, so what's the wrap up of the French fries? Are they just bringing them back? They're just bringing them back for a limited time. So maybe they found a cheap source of potatoes. <laughs> cheap source of potatoes. Yeah, maybe maybe they're you know, may, maybe maybe yeah maybe the ones that are being destroyed in PEI are actually being smuggled across into the states. Speaking of which, so we have a little bit of an update for PEI. They did a little publicity bit where they dumped out a dump truck of potatoes. Um, with a big sign on the side that says the federal government is forcing us to destroy good food. And when they destro- so-called destroyed the, the good food, they dumped a dump truck of potatoes in the middle of a field. So I don't know if they're destroyed there. It looks like they're just going to freeze there. Not um, all of them are being destroyed. In fact, apparently a lot of the uh, warty potatoes are being sent to food banks throughout Atlantic Canada. Hmm. The... The statement that I got was 136 kilograms of potatoes were destroyed on PEI, and just what I said to myself is, how many tons is that? And it's 15 tons. Coincidentally, is exactly the uh, the capacity of a uh, triaxle dump truck, which is what I believe the one in the picture is. So what that's telling me is they dumped that one truck of potatoes and took a picture of it. So yeah, that is what it is. The the news, the big news, the one that was the headline in my potato news brief, which I do get in my email these days. Um, one of the reasons I get it in the email is because I registered Rare Encounter as a potato company. Did I tell you that cold? Yes, you did. did. We are actually registered as a potato company now uh, in the news category. 
minutes. So I don't know if, what that means, but that's what we are. Um, but the uh, I, so I get a digest, and that was the headline. The headline was that some areas of PEI, I think it was two fields tested positive for potato wart again. But it's really a fake news headline because they they t- they found a third detection of potato wart in soil samples from October, uh, related to related to. And located close to, it says, a field where potato wart was detected last October. So it sounds like they're checking old samples, and this will probably be used as an excuse to continue the export ban on the U.S. for PI potatoes. Right. They had a meeting in January in in the U.S., uh, the Canadian, I cannot remember uh, the names of these officials, but one of the officials from Canada Mar- went down Marie to D.C. Marie-Claude uh, Bibeau, Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food. Yeah, that's it. And her <laughs> American you know counterpart, uh, Tom Vilsack. Yeah, Vilsack. That, well, I thought Vilsack was the Canadian. Uh, never mind, doesn't matter. No, Vilsack's the American. Bibeau is the Canadian. They had a meeting. You can tell because because the name is French. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, they had some meetings in um, June, uh, June, January, which have come out, and then February. So there's no news of real meetings in March, but I think they're they're having another one coming up before the end of the month. So we'll see what happens with that. The bottom line is the fields that they detected potato wart in were fields that they already knew had potato wart. So it's like, Doug, what are you doing? Yeah, uh, exactly. I'm like... I'm I'm reading this. I'm like, what the fuck? This is just uh, this is just an excuse to keep fucking Prince Edward Island over. Yeah, this is fake potato news. That's what I have to say. That's my analysis. Yeah, potato consultant. Fake oh. potato news. Oh god, do I have to register as a foreign lobbyist if I keep doing this? I hope I don't. I don't think so because uh, there's me involved as well. So. If it comes to Canadian lobbying, you've got a Canadian here. Mm. If I'm if I'm lobbying, that's a that's a legal question. <laughs> I need. But to then again, out. are we're not even lobbying any governments about uh, about the potatoes. We're just reporting on them. Oh yes. Or are you ex- are you expecting to take our podcast in strange new directions? <clears throat> well, we'll see. In other news, um, there was an interesting video game announcement uh i think the announcement might have been a little little while ago but i just heard of it this is a this is a strange one uh do you know what rift tracks is yeah it's uh it's like a more modern mst3k by the same people who were originally behind mst3k yeah so mst3k had a remake with um Patton oswald was I think starred in it and uh, Elliot Kalin was actually one of the writers for it and he's a guy like he's a podcaster also and used to be uh, the head writer of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart you know back when it was good uh, he left when Jon Stewart left hmm. and then the show writing went bad hmm interesting maybe it's because he's a good writer but the um, I, I do attribute a lot of the success of the Jon Stewart version of the show to him I, I think it added a great flavor anyway um well, that was going on, yeah, Rift Tracks was a spinoff by the original guys who were doing Mystery Science Theater, where they would record the kind of the the bantery back dialogue of all the different characters. Uh, you know, they're, they're talking to the movie and making fun of it as it goes on, and they'd record it and they give you the audio file that you would play in sync with the movie, and that's how they got around some of the distribution uh, rights. Any, anyway, this story is about the Rift Tracks game. 
What do you think of that? There's going to be an announcement. I wasn't even aware there was a game. There's apparently how, a how game. How would you even do a game for that? The idea is that you, well, there's, according to the website, let me just read it. There's two exciting ways to play. You write your own riff and watch your comedy genius come to life via text-to-speech, which sounds a little weird. Or choose from over 2,000. Sounds terrible. I, I've heard text-to-speech. Or choose from over 2,000 expertly crafted riffs from the Riff Tracks team. And so it sounds like you get a sound library and a soundboard that you play over the movie. So uh, so you're essentially you're essentially madlibsing over the movie and then who determines who wins? I have no idea. They're going to announce more on May 5th, so this is like the pre-announcement announcement. So I love those. This sounds Not. like this sounds like a contender for a lightning enable game or something where you could immediately my I started thinking about it. I said, wow, you could watch a a movie and have your own riff track, but what you can do is everyone's riff that you submit um can have you know if you like it you can boost the riff you can mm. boost the riff track you know so you could release a riff track as a podcast and have people boost it but that's just another idea for another thing that <laughs> the ideas man they just pile up and you never have time to do them all um there's there's not yeah there's not going to be enough lightning for for all these ideas you keep having well you know henry ford said that there'll never be enough money as there is value to account for so you don't have to worry too much about that. It'll always be the case. Uh, we also have Evo uh, returning the uh, evolution, you know, fighting game uh, championship thing uh, convention. I don't know. It's an event. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. Other than yeah, that. it's coming back to Las Vegas in August. Convention sounds good. And they have some official tournaments and stuff. I'm sure we'll get some clips. Skullgirls. Or... Nice. Yeah, I saw that. They had Skullgirls is on the uh, the tournament list. So that's going to be fun. Melty Blood is on the list fuck, as well. Fuck yeah, which of, of course, uh, people don't know. Melty Blood is a Fate Stay Night uh, fighting game based on the Fate Stay Night and Tsukihime uh, visual novels and then later the anime. So that was, uh, it's always been a fun one. Uh, I think it's kind of old too, but yeah. Yeah. Guilty Gear, Street Fighter, Tekken, King of Fighters. Guilty Gear. Is Bridget in Guilty Gear Strive? What game was, was Bridget in? Oh, we ought to look that up. Yeah, now I should know that. I, I, I want to search, but at the same time, just typing in Guilty Gear Bridget is sure to lead to many things that I don't want to see. Guilty Gear X2 is uh, the 2002 version of the game. Interesting. Fighting with a yo-yo. Guilty right. Gear Strive. Characters. Soul, Kai, May, Axel, Milia, Faust, Potemkin, Chip, Zato, Ramlethal, Leo, Nagoriuki, Gold Lewis, Ino, Angie, Giovanna, Jacko, Happy Chaos, and Biken. Where's Bridget? No Bridget. What? They dropped a Bridget on him. Oh, God. How can you have Guilty Gear without Bridget? That's annoying. That's, I, should, I should say that's the only thing I know about Guilty Gear. <laughs> I, think that's some, I think that's what most people know about uh, Guilty Gear. They just know Bridget because all the memes. <laughs> Everyone's gay for Bridget. That's what you need to know. Uh, well, what do, you, what do you expect? He is a, he is a really cute girl. Oh, God. <laughs> Is there anything lower, as John C. DeVore could say? Is there anything lower? Oh, brother. Yeah. 
Let's see. I get some Ohio stuff. You want to go into Ohio stuff? I'm looking. I'm trying to find the time. What are we for episode time? We're running long. Yeah, we're we're past eight o'clock now. Jeez. There were a couple. There were a couple of quick links that I wanted to. I wanted to do a mention of as well. So two things that I two things that I came across uh, that I came across recently. Um, one I just found about this morning, but the developers of Amiga OS have started a blog where they're going to be providing uh, information and help for developers who want to still write apps for the 68k based Amigas. Uh, hi, I'm right here. <laughs> and the other the other is, I'm gonna say blame blame JRR Tolkien for this. But I came across after a long while of the language construction kit, and because I've been reading Lord of, I reread Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, and I'm just about finished rereading Silmarillion. That like the whole thing about creating my own languages is is coming back up, and I actually have on order uh, the the published versions, the dead tree versions of the language construction kit and the advanced language construction kit. They're supposed to be arriving tomorrow. But yeah, so now I've got yet another hobby for me to dig into as if uh, as if I didn't have enough time already. Well, I've been looking at, I've been spending most of my time on this painter story stuff, which it feels, it's like we've gone so far and there's still so much to do. So I'm having one of these, I really need to jump in and I'm, I'm having this, this moment where everything is be, is happening by other people right now. And so I posted, you know, my, uh, my sample files and I got, you know, some of the outlines squared away just enough to pass it on. And a lot of the stuff that I've done is like, oh, I did it. And then I pass it on and it's in someone else's hands now. So now I'm like... I just look at this like a nervous wreck every day trying to figure out, well, should I jump in and start doing everything or should I let people do it their own way? And I'm trying to figure out how to manage it at a at a at the correct level where I'm not micromanaging and I'm not uh, letting it's it go. It's a it's a jam game. I mean, if thing if things look disjoint and everything, that's not a problem. All right. Well, as far as as far as I'm concerned, I mean I mean, I've always I've always seen game jams as as a place where like lowered expectations is not an excuse, but like a way of life. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Well, we by the by the way, by the way, I saw you fell in love with a burrito girl. <laughs> oh, there's that quote from a song. She's a burrito. Yeah, I know. Girl. I know. McDonald McDonald's girl. I remember. I remember when it was covered by the Bare Naked Ladies. Uh, it same songwriter, but it's actually a different song. Uh, it was uh, oh? Ariel. She's a burrito girl. I fell in love with her. Was the was the so the guy so the guy who fell in love with the McDonald's girl also fell in love with the burrito girl. Man, he he he's a wanderer, ain't he? He he wrote a song called "Aren't You Glad We're Not As Smart As We Like to Think We Are." That was that was the line from the song. Uh, Lucky Stars was the name of it. And so sometimes I feel like that. We're not as smart as we like to think we are. Maybe his songs weren't as good as we like to think they were. <laughs> so we have a couple uh some things i put in the notes these aren't really for the um for the show notes no but, but I, they look nice I, they look per, they look pretty damn good i love these stretch these sketches that have been done 
Yeah, that's boobs. That is all boobery. Yeah. Like the... Boobery, you are a very nice artist, it's, I have to say. These are... This fountain one is actually, like, absolutely amazing. It's like, uh... I don't even know. It's like it's gonna... It's the style of the background is gonna just overshadow the style of everything else is what I'm afraid of. It's not... Yeah, you're, wor way. you're worried that like, the, char the character sprites are going to stick out like a sore thumb because... Because the backgrounds, everybody's going to be drooling over those. And then, hey, here's this, like, flat, flat cell-shaded uh, character right in front of it. Behind, like, this, like, very artistic, uh, very, like, very, like, naturalist-looking uh, background sketch of a location. Did you hear our discussion on Abelcraft about the, uh, the painter story stuff? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> what did you think of the the kind of ideas we had there with uh, uh with bitcoin lightning do you have anything to add to it honestly i think it i think especially for like what's just a jam game is like biting off a bit too much oh come on we just gotta get some qr we what if we just had the uh the key send addresses so that you could you could use like boost cli to boost it i don't know like it's it's one thing where it's like you have a way, for, so somebody who wants to send value to the creators can do so, but it's another thing where you have, like, this whole, like, Bitcoin wallet built into the game, and it's, like, sending off value as you're playing it, or when you make certain decisions, it sends that off. That's, that's I think, really stretching something. We, we have people who know how to do that, though. We I know, but it's, it's a... It's a jam game again. Have you seen Have you seen my jam games? No. Oh yes, I have. The uh, was it yeah. Forest Quest? Forest Quest is actually probably the best produced one of them. You need to see the other ones, like Alien Abduction. Alien Abduction is better than Alien Insertion, I guess. Is that the sequel? Yeah. <laughs> Alien Abduction is a game where you are piloting the. Uh, the dome part of the CN Tower and actually abducting aliens and fighting and fighting off the goats on poles that protect them. Oh god, <laughs> jeez. Well, cold ass. And this this I did for the first for the first Toronto Game Jam. Toe Jam back baby. in two thousand six. Two thousand six. Wow. And the other one, the other one, which was done, uh, which was done like okay, it's gonna be two years ago now was happy island and this was simply we took we took a uh, we took a tile engine uh and threw in some graphics we downloaded and added the ability to interact with other actors and have them follow you <laughs> and i i sold it as like the world's most annoying follow quest or <laughs> escort mission. It's an escort mission. As, yes, escort mission. So we're not, there's no escort missions in Cold Oh no, this was made story. back in 2013, not two years ago, but like nine years ago. So there's no escort missions in uh, Cold Acid Painter Story that I know of, unless there was, someone snuck one of those in. They have, we have a, um, Visual novel game that has been being developed by Rare Encounter and all the friends of Rare Encounter, uh, a crack team of software and, and art experts uh, who are uh, putting this together for the Nano Reno Game Jam, which is uh, 
a Renai game jam that happens in the month of March. So we started March 1st. So what, we're one, two weeks in at this point, and we've got two weeks to go basically uh plus a little and i still don't have any i still don't have any scripts to punch into renpai yet yeah as far as i know we we have a story though uh i need to get on there and see what's going on i i passed it to uh we have a guy who's running that but he happens to be in vegas this week so hmm uh we'll we'll see what's going on uh, there will be a script, and in fact, I'm going to get you some files that you can start directing and playing with, because what I'd like to do is get a build of the game, even if it's like the first scene or just a fraction of a scene, to see if we can get it built up into a website uh, using that new feature where you can... Yeah, I heard, I saw, I saw that thing, the, uh, the RenPy to web, web assembly thing. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to work very well or if it's going to work at all, but, uh, I'd like to find out sooner rather than later because that'll change how the distribution works. But I think that's the painter story update, unless you have extra direction or comments. No, I'm, I'm still just sitting on my hands waiting for, waiting for something to do. Oh, geez. Well, we'll get you. You shouldn't be sitting on your hands. I'll get you something to do. Oh, uh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not sitting. I'm not really sitting on my hands. I'm sitting on, I'm sitting on a fairly comfortable chair. My hands are safe from the from suffering the weight of my ass i'm gonna send out some software team directives then just make sure you all have uh, something you could be chewing on um and that takes me to the end of painter story news yeah uh, we'll, well you know what that means it's time for ohio news Ohio gone wild. Yes, I guess Ohio news. Uh, yeah, hit us with some Ohio news. God, are you just gonna run? We're running long. We're running really long today. Or you? Well, you can always put it off to next week's show. Ah, uh, let's. Yeah, let's put it off because I want to tell some long, long uh, Shaggy Dog stories. So, I've got about all right. Four so in that go. case, we need to we need to run through the boost that we got during the show. Yeah, let's do that. It's b b boost time. Ba boost. Good job. Boost. <laughs> All right, what so, is that called? All right, starting off, we got uh, 69, 69 sats from none other than Sir Spencer, the Wolf of Kansas City. Woo! And this was early on during the episode, just uh, just a few minutes in, and he asked us, shooting your rim early, eh, boys? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, three minutes later, he sent us in another 69, 69 sats with the message... Uh, quote, stay fruity, boys. Quote, meditate with me on my Bud Light seltzer. Yes. Ah, oh, it's all beginning to come together now. <laughs> we got an, we got 5,008 sats from none other than Cotton Gin, who Woo-hoo. says, nerds. <laughs> yes. Nerds on deck. You better be scared. Hold on. I, I've got, I've got something for this. I've got something for this. Where is it? What's up, nerds? <laughs> <laughs> And finally, about uh, about half hour ago, we got another 3333 sats from Sir Spencer. And he says, Hey, Cold Acid, to activate the helipad sounds in Chrome, in my experience, you need to first interact with an element on the page. I usually do this by clicking on the older boost button. And then after that first pew, they seem to come through fine. In short, helipad needs some foreplay. <sighs> So foreplay, man. Well, I've got to say, I've got this open in Waterfox, which is a uh, which is a spinoff of Firefox, and not Chrome. But since we did hear that one after I did click somewhere on Helipad, 
I suppose the, uh, I suppose it's the same bit of business. Somebody can always send us a boost right this very second, and we can see if it goes pew or not. You gotta hurry up, we're reaching the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, better better get there quick. I, I'll, I'll play a little something just to, just to give the people more time. An anime porn. <laughs> what is anime? What, I mean, is that really... <sighs> anime. <laughs> is there any... Uh, what any is other? hentai? I've never even seen hentai porn. Is there uh, any other boost? Or is that the last one? No, that looks like uh, that looks like it's that's it. Well, I think we're about to close up this uh, shindig then, and uh, I guess if you're boosting, you might be too late here. Yep, but they're too your, late now. Get your boost in for next time if you want to executive produce the Rare Encounter show. You can always boost between episodes. The only way to be an executive producer of the show is to boost before the episode starts. Well, until the next until the next episode starts, I've been April Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. And stay fruity, boys. Adios. I had a good woman. But she lay down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she lay down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't sad?